Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Podcast. What is up, college lacrosse fans? This is the 55th episode of the Lax Factor Lacrosse Podcast, and today we're going to talk about our way, way too early top 10 fall edition part one, because we may want to change this at the end of the fall, but I didn't want to wait any longer and I wanted to do kind of a a top 10. So today we're not going to get into the full 10. We're going to do numbers 10 through five, talk about why I've put these teams here and we'll go through it like that. Before I do anything else uh, to help the channel grow, if you like what you're watching, if you're a regular watcher or listener, if you're listening via podcast um, methods, uh, be sure to like, subscribe, whatever you can do, whether you're in, you know, uh, Apple podcast, or or Google Podcasts or Podcast Attic, whatever, or YouTube for that matter. Like, subscribe, hit notification bells, do whatever you can to make sure you're notified. Also, a big thing, share the podcast with others. Uh, share it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever the hell you do business or you operate. And as always, you can go to laxfactor.com and purchase yourself some swag. We have coffee mugs, we have hats, we have shorts. And if you comment down below, you can be entered to win this pair of shorts. So now let's get into our actual business here. And we're going to start with my number 10, my my preseason number 10, uh, way too early. It's fall. Yes, I know. We're going to do 10 through five right now. So number 10, Cornell. And and I think Cornell finished at number 12, somewhere in that area. And, and a lot of teams hovering just outside the top 10. Um, they lost a lot of important pieces, even some of the teams that are inside the top 10. Teams like Loyola, uh, for instance, lose uh, Pat Spencer and Chase Scanlon. Loyola's going to be okay, and Loyola could still finish in the top 10. Loyola's going to be a, still have a nice uh, squad that they're going to be able to put together. But Towson, Loyola, they're the ones that fall out. For me, Cornell is the number 10. They bring back All-American attackman Jeff Teat, 70 points in 2019. They also bring back All-American long pole Brandon Salvatore, 32 caused turnovers in 2019. So those are two really important pieces to the puzzle. They bring back their goalkeeper, who as a freshman put up a 54% save percentage in Chase Erlin. They bring back John Piatelli, 65 points last year. Donville, 34 points. My uh, tablet was dead, so I, I just went to, to try to swipe the laptop 
screen, which it doesn't have that. So Donville, 34 points. And, I, and I'm going through a lot of points, but I just wanted to give these guys merit and explain why I put Cornell at number 10. Connor Fletcher returns. And Connor Fletcher, I thought he was poised to trash on the nation last year. And I believe he may have been battling injuries at the beginning of the season because he only ended up putting up 19 points all in at midfield. And this kid is a beast, a dodger, a downhill dodger with a cannon of a, of a shot. And honestly, I mean, I, I put him just behind or I thought last year he was going to have a season just behind guys like Dox Aiken and and, and, and Costabile uh, from Notre Dame. So I, I, I thought that highly of Fletcher. I expect Fletcher is going to improve and get back above 30 plus points here for 2020. Uh, Cooper Telesco, he put up 15 last year. Uh, Michael Long, number nine overall recruit attackman, 50-50 scorer at Del Barton. He's coming in and he'll actually compliment T well. Uh, assuming all works out and he's you know eligible on the field and ready to rock uh, come this spring. So he they have an, an attack spot opening. They certainly have guys that could fill it, but this long number nine overall recruit, you don't want to waste him. So you may see him running uh, with T at attack a little bit. And he's a, he's a dodging and feeding attackman. So that, that gives them three legitimate threats at attack. Number 11 overall crew, Angelo Petrakis, face-off guy. He should help improve their face-off play. They've been very subpar uh, last year they were they hovered between their two guys about 42%. So bringing in a number 11 overall recruit that's a face-off guy, this may help. And then Aiden Blake, a two-way midi who's a ground ball hawk, this may help in their, their face-off X play also if this kid can adjust to Division One play quickly. And if these two guys, the, the face-off guy and Aiden Blake, can, um, can, can play right away as freshmen, they could elevate that face-off game. They don't even have to be perfect. If they could just get to 47% or, or you know, hell on fire above 50, Cornell is going to be much better because you give them the ball on offense, they're going to put points up. Um, so I put Cornell in the area of 10 or 11 wins. They could be a little bit higher than that. They could even be lower than that. The, the problem that Cornell's going to face is that the, the Ivy League is stacked and it is a very tough, um, very tough get, no matter who you're drawing on any given day. But area of 10 or 11 wins, I think, is realistic for Cornell. They're my number 10. Now we are going to do my number nine. First, I'm going to get a drink. Oh, that was probably loud. Loud and disgusting for you, but alas, this is where we're at. Number nine, Johns Hopkins. And uh, I think the Jays, they lose some quality and they lose some leadership off their roster, but they bring back Joey Epstein, Cole Williams, and Forey Smith, I think, is going to tear it up this this year. You know, they're all back to lead the offense, and, and nobody wants to have to deal with those guys. And then, you know, with Epstein, you're looking at an All-American attackman that put up 48 goals, 25 helpers for 73 points in total as a freshman. Williams. 27 and 19 for 46 points. Forey Smith, 21 and 5 for 26. So three huge offensive pieces coming back, even though you lose a guy like um, Marr. Uh, and I forget who else they lost. They lost another midfielder as well. But then you got midfield filling in uh, or even an attack, depending on how things roll. You got Baskin, 13 and 4. DeSimone, 4 and 13. Very, they complement each other very well. Keo 8 and 5. Lots of guys ready to step up. On defense, Ray Pine and Caldwell, they're back to anchor the D. Darby's back in cage. But as I said in an earlier podcast, I think it was the Hopkins preview I did, Petro is definitely willing to mess and tinker with uh, who who he has playing, and they have the number fifty nine overall recruit Tim Marcel Marcel 
Marseille, whatever it is. Uh, but the, the number 59 overall recruit goalkeeper on campus, and apparently he got time in their first fall ball scrimmage as well. So we don't know who will be in the cage to start, but they have capable keepers, even though I think Darby's just capable. Uh, but, you know, he could, he, as I say with goalies, a goalie, any goalie that was in the 40s for their save percentage, all they have to do is get their save percentage into the 50s to be totally serviceable as a Division One goalie. It's not, I mean, it is that hard because the shooters are next level here, but I mean, th- this is what these guys do. So they're, they're just a good, all these kids are just a good defense away from being above 50%. So that could be the case with Hopkins. Area of nine or 10 wins. Their problem is going to be their schedule. They could only win eight games again and still get into the tournament, depending on how their schedule plays out. Uh, but I give them, I think they'll they'll improve a little bit, I believe, because I think Epstein is that good. Uh, overall, they don't have any huge monster recruits coming in that I think are just going to step up and rock. I think they're going to pretty much be using their current roster and a couple of the young guys off of that roster. And uh, but I think that their schedule hurts them. So I think nine or ten wins is going to would be a huge win for them with the schedule that they end up playing uh, for. 2020. And that should be good enough to get them into the tournament as well, especially if they can handle their conference and not lose to anybody other than Maryland and and Penn State in conference. I think they'll be good. My number eight team, Notre Dame. They lose Brendan Gleason and Garnsey. Garnsey, not a huge loss. Gleason is a pretty huge loss. Not only is he leadership that they lose, but he's also points in production, uh, ground balls. Gleason did everything for them. Uh, but they get to where, you know, but with Garnsey, at least they got to where they got mostly without him. So Hugh Krantz, he's also gone. That is going to hurt them in the bottom. But Notre Dame's got a lot of nice lacrosse players on this roster, both on offense and defense still. And one of the best mids in the country, one of the best two mids in the country, in my opinion, Brian Costabile, uh, 42 and six last year. He is back. Brian Willits, 27 goals and nine helpers back. Connor Morin, 23 and 13 back. Wheaton Jack, uh, Wheaton Jacobois, I think they pronounced it. I want to call it Jacoby. It looks like it should be Jacoby. Wheaton Jacoby or Jacobois, whichever it is. I've heard both 15 and three back. Quinn McCann, nine and 10 back. Tons of talent returning on offense. They also have Restick. Kelty and Boyer, a handful of guys ready to step on up on defense back. Matt Schmidt is back. They, I believe they also got a, a fairly highly rated goalie in uh, from this freshman class. So they do have young guys that are going to shoulder the load. No, yeah, the goalie, number 20 goalie, uh, number 20 recruit in the country, goalie Liam Entman. Number 26 recruit in the country, Patrick Kavanaugh, the the brother of Matt Kavanaugh. So he's their highest rated offensive player coming in. Number 28 mid, Riley Gray. And sometimes, especially with, they have an attack spot open. So you may see Kavanaugh step into it or somebody step into it. Maybe it's another young guy stepping into it. You also have number 31 recruit, Jake Taylor, coming in. So he could step into it. But um, you end up seeing a lot of times the young mids are the ones that step up. Now, Notre Dame didn't lose a lot in terms of their midfield, so who knows, but they have four guys that I just rattled off um, that that should be able to play right away and contribute right away. And one thing that I wanted to talk about, it was asked, are these top 10 recruits worth it? And I'm going to, I'll do a podcast about it, but yes, not only are top 10 recruits worth it, top 100 recruits are worth it. When you go through insides lacrosse top 100, you, you see Every year that they put a top 100 list together and you go through it, at least guys like me that watch a lot of college across, 
all the way through that list, do you see guys that played as freshmen, sophomores, or guys that as juniors and seniors, you know their names because they contribute at a high level. So when I name these guys that are top 100 recruits, they're important. They may not play a role for all of these teams right away this first year, but all of them will eventually, most of them will end up playing a huge role for this team in the years to come. So they're worth mentioning, even if they're not huge contributors next year. Uh, Notre Dame, I put them in the area, nine or 10 wins. The ACC is going to be tough, but they're going to win probably their, their non-conference games uh, this season, and uh, which was something they struggled with last year. And I think nine or 10 wins is reasonable, even with an ACC schedule, especially because you get the ACC tournament, assuming they qualify. So Notre Dame, they're my number eight. My number seven, and this is going to piss off my, my fellow Q's fans, but Syracuse is my number seven. And you're going to be really angry when you see who I put ahead of them. But I believe that that team deserves it. And from here, Syracuse has to earn their ranking. But I think Syracuse is a legitimate preseason seven. And here is why. Um, and as I said, they could be six. So I'm going to I'm going to sidetrack here. They could be six, but they have to earn their rise beyond all these teams ahead of them because all of these teams re- return key pieces and they all have quality in their depth and Syracuse's quality of their depth still has to be proven. They lost two they two of their leading scorers last year in Solomon and um, the Bearded Wonder. So, you know, that that hurts, and Syracuse has to prove that the guys that they're going to put in place to replace them are going to be worthy of that, one of them being Scanlon. But anyway, I digress. They boast one of the deepest midfield units in the country, so that's reason to be optimistic, and they add all the ter- attack, uh, all American midfielder Chase Scanlon. So the Dome faithful, we have reason uh, to be excited. First midfield line, and this is the biggest reason to be excited for Syracuse, not because of Chase Scanlon, because of this first midfield line. Jamie Trimboli, 24 goals, 9 helpers. Curry, 19 goals, 14 helpers. Brendan Curry, both 33 points uh, from the midfield last year. Without their homeboy, Tucker Dordovic, who should probably be their line mate on this first line this year. uh, He didn't play last year in 2019 due to a season-ending injury. I think that it occurred in the fall, just a, a, a lingering injury. But in 2018, as a freshman, 19 goals, 5 helpers. So he comes back with the wisdom of a junior the eligibility of a sophomore. So that first midfield line is filthy. Then you look at this attack, kind of unproven. Scanlon, 43 goals, 15 assists as a freshman at Loyola from the midfield last year, but he was an All-American. So he has a chance of being, if he can continue his All-American streak, he has a chance of being the first four-time All-American to wear the number 22 since Mike Powell did that. Rafe, even though he didn't do it all for Syracuse, he would be the first guy to get named, to get that recognition if he can keep that up. Rafis, 18 goals, 21 assists, down year for him because he put up 51 points as a sophomore, but I believe Rafis is going to rebound. He battled uh, illness and injury last year, so and early in the season, but then came on strong and finished well, so I think that you're going to see him put up 50-plus as a sophomore, especially him and, him and Scanlon will work well together. Scanlon, a a good two dodger. So where you get Rafis dodging, if you have Scanlon playing off of him or where you get these midfields dodging up top and you have Scanlon play off them. Scanlon is a, is one of the best number two dodgers, the two dodge uh, in the country. Excellent at taking advantage of dodging with no help more specifically. So that's going to be huge. And then cook got the, got the runs in the fall uh, with the first attack. And he looked incredible. Cook looked like he could have been the best dodging attackman of that unit, even though he's unproven only four goals and four helpers last year. He was, a former, I believe, number one or number three recruit. So Cook, as a sophomore, could end up playing a huge role. He could be a 30-plus point guy, or he could break out and put up 40-plus. Probably won't. I'm thinking in the area 30 to 40 is reasonable for Cook as long as he's starting 
all of 2020. Another midfield piece, David Libka, 14 goals, 10 assists, and Jacob Buttermore, 20 goals and three assists. So five midfielders deep with a bunch of guys below them that can step up and fill that that sixth midfield spot. So every one of Syracuse's top five midfielders can murk you. And I bet you that sixth guy that gets the runs is going to be able to also. Another reason, All-American Nick Mellon. He's rocking the number 11, changing his number from 21 to number 11 uh, for this upcoming season. He returns to anchor the D. We have Brett Kennedy back at D mid. Three goals, two assists last year and a bunch of takeaways. We have Drake Porter back in cage, 56, uh, 56% uh, in cage last year with a save percentage as a junior. So Syracuse, lots of reason to be optimistic. I put them once again in the area of nine or 10 wins. They could, their schedule is tough. I don't see them losing less than nine. I think nine is reasonable and nine gets them into the NCAA tournament in the ACC. Uh, but 10 wins is possible. And and depending on if they pull out a couple of these games that you could, you could say are a coin flip, then maybe they could do what Penn did last year and win all of those important games and do better. But the ACC is going to be brutal this year. So Syracuse, nine or 10 wins. They are my preseason number seven. And the final one that we're going to do today, my number six team, and uh, I apologize to the Syracuse faithful, but they th- these guys deserve uh, this spot, I believe, is Penn. Uh, they return one of the best face-off men in the country in Kyle Gallagher. They return one of the best midfielders in the country in Sam Handley. They have a goalie battle going on with a couple of solid keepers, and they, and, and they only lost Simon Matthias and Tyler Dunn offensively. That's a lot of points that they gave up, but they have a lot of guys underneath them that are ready to step up. So offensively, lots of reasons to be happy for the Quakers. I had originally wrote Quackers in my notes here. Handley, 43 and 27, 70 points as a freshman. That is huge. Adam Goldner, who's going to be the geezer on the team, 60 goals, nine helpers, 69 points. That's just, those are two huge guys to get back offensively, and they're going to repeat and and tear it up this year. Uh, Sean Lully. 21 goals, 17 helpers. Mitch Bartolo, 19 and seven. They added the number one, tw- uh, tw- the number 21 overall recruit, Robert Shane. Attack. Uh, he should have a huge impact as a freshman, specifically for these guys. Excellent player. Uh, Kyle Thornton and Mark Evanchik, Evanchik, uh, both back on defense. The big question marks: Who's going to be in cage? I presume it's going to end up being Birkinshaw. Birkinshaw looked good for UVA in the time he had. The, the problem is UVA's defense was high pressure, so any goalie I think that you put in the cage for UVA is going to have a hard time getting a a, a good click above fifty percent simply because of the nature of how they play defense. They they play fast and they they take a lot of chances and they pressure everybody. Um, so Birkinshaw, though, I think looked good in the time he he played for UVA. So could it be Birkinshaw? Could it be somebody else? I don't know. And um, I could probably find out by the next podcast here as I follow up with a couple of these teams. But, but Penn, between the quality of their roster, um, they match up well with Cornell, another team vying, and Princeton, another team, two other teams vying for spots in the Ivy. If they could hold on to that that two spot in the Ivy, there's no reason to think they won't win ten or eleven games this year. I don't think they're going to repeat the success from last year, where I believe they won twelve. But Penn last year won every game that they were in. Like if even the games I didn't think they were going to win, I mean they ended up being proving to be Yale's kryptonite. I think they beat Cornell. Uh, so in the Ivy, Penn played really, really tough, 
And I think that they have enough pieces back to do that again because they come back as a veteran team, adding a couple of key pieces to fill some of the holes and some of the places where they lost guys. So that is my 10 through 6. I'll, I'll rehash it here. I went with number 10 was Cornell, number 9, Hopkins, number 8, Notre Dame, number 7, Syracuse, number 6, Penn, and number 5, Duke. Oh! I just gave away who I was going to pick as my number five here by accident as I ripped through. So you guys heard it. Maybe I bleep it to be funny, but uh, that's the number five. So we will do, I will come back in the next podcast. It'll probably be Tuesday. I'll put out uh, episode uh, 56 and it will be my numbers five through one. As you already know, I, I just blew that up. Duke is my number five and I'll get into why I put them at number five and not let's say number six or number four or number three. And that is it as always. Thank you for watching, listening, whatever you're doing. Uh, we also have been putting up a blog post with every single podcast that I do uh, more recently. So if you're watching this video on YouTube, you can check in the description. There's going to be a link to the blog post that accompanies this, which you typically will just contain some of my notes and things like that in it, along with the audio version of the podcast, as well as the um, video embedded in it also. So you can look at the video, the audio, and read a little bit with every podcast. So you can go to laxfactor.com to view all of our content, every video we do, every blog post we put up. You can always go to laxfactor.com and check that out. But per video, you could actually look in the description and go directly to this video's home on our website and see everything that we put up there alongside it. Uh, especially for YouTube listeners or watchers, when we put up a two-part podcast. We usually have put up one part Tuesday, the other part Thursday. So for the YouTube listeners, if you want to listen to that whole podcast, you can go to laxfactor.com. Same thing. When we put a part one up, you can hear part two uh, full, you can hear part two immediately because you can listen to the full audio podcast. Uh, that's not this video. This video is specifically just, this is number episode 55. This isn't a two part, even though I'm going to do the next part of this in the next one, I'm rambling. Holy crap. But just to explain it, yes, every, every video you're watching on YouTube now, or even if you're listening, we will put a link to the blog post. So if you're listening only uh, on Spotify or wherever the hell you're listening in the description there, we put a link to the blog post. So there you can actually go and see the video uh, version of this and read the blog post. And for those watching on YouTube or video, Facebook, wherever you're watching this uh, in the description is a link to the blog post where you can watch the, it, the listen to the audio only uh, blah, blah, blah. Holy crap. I'm going to quit while I'm ahead here. Be sure to comment below anything that has to do with this video. Uh, make it thoughtful and we'll enter you to win a pair of these Rampage Lacrosse shorts. Uh, be sure to go to laxfactor.com, get some swag, support us. And that is it. Thank you very much for listening. Hoost is out.